0: Hey, welcome to session two of What We Leave, a study of four faith legacies. This study is focusing in on Joshua and his faith legacy. And and the last session, if you joined us, um, we went over some background. We talked about Joshua the man, we talked about Joshua the book, and now we're launching straight into the book of Joshua. My name is Chris Murphy, and it's my gift to be able to go through this, this, this legacy with you for the next several sessions. I I don't know if you're following along with a workbook, but if you are, before we started, I wanted to to point out something that you may not have noticed. Um, This week, because we're in lesson two, you've already spent time in the book of Joshua. You spent time in the whole first chapter of Joshua. So like you've pretty good knowledge based on the homework and the questions. And and I wanted to, to show you that in the back of your workbook, if you haven't discovered this yet, there's this thing called an appendix. Well, if you're like me, Like I skip, if you don't tell me to go there, I'm probably not even gonna go there, but I'm telling you to go there. Um, In the back of your book, you'll see there's an appendix, and if you go to like page A-3, I think it is, I give you some uh, examples of some tools that you can use during your study. You know, I encouraged you last week to not use um, commentaries, to not use outside sources, but instead just to pray and rely on what God's telling you specifically. Well, the appendix, I tried to give you some ideas of other places you could go to get some help with that. So during your study, during your homework time, take a minute and flip to the back of the appendix and see um, what's back there. Maybe it might be helpful in your homework and moving forward. session two, lesson two, Joshua one. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to Joshua one. And what I'm going to do is pray. And then we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about um, this amazing charge that God gives Joshua at the very beginning of this book. So pray with me. Father, um, we come to you today and we're just like, I'm I'm amazed. Honestly, we're one chapter in and the the depth and the richness of every word of this chapter was overwhelming to me and so i know that um that every time we open your word that it never returns void and so god today whether we've been studying it all week or whether whether whoever's listening watching or hearing this is brand new to opening their bible at all that they can see that you have something to say to them you have something to say to me This wasn't just written for the people of the Old Testament. It's written for the people of today. And so show us the places that you want us to take Joshua's story and apply it to our lives and our faith legacies as we're building them alongside you, Father. And um, above all, we always, always thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Joshua chapter one. It's cool because if you did remember last session or if you've slept since then, I'll give you a little reminder. We're... Our main character here is this guy, Joshua. He's stepping into the shoes of the leader of the Israelites. Like Moses is the guy. He's stepping into his shoes now. In fact, the very first um, sentence of Joshua 1 starts with, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. See, now all of a sudden, Joshua, it's his turn, right? It's his turn to get going. Well, as I was reading through this, and like I mentioned, it's just like full. Every word is is heavy and rich. I was... Uh, actually on a trip recently we my husband and i just recently like when i say recently i mean like five minutes ago like a week ago we became empty nesters we're those people now our kids are are grown and they're off at college and right we're done parenting right isn't that the deal like we don't have to do anymore i think we're finished no i know that's a lie um but here's the thing we went on this little trip somebody told us like when you drop your youngest kid off don't go home because you'll just cry all the way home so instead like plan something super cool and go do that. So that's what we did. And if you know me, if you've ever been around me, you know, that means we went to the mountains. So my husband and I um, say goodbye to my daughter, no tears, loaded up, headed to Colorado. As I was working through actually this lesson, that's where I was. And it was cool because um, I just, I don't know about you, man, but if, if there's a place in this world that I feel closer to him, I feel like I can hear him, just even in the wind, you know, it's in the mountains. And so as we're driving, we're taking this one long drive and we went up to this one spot that we've been to several times. It's been a few years. It's Cottonwood Pass. And we were headed up this pass and the roads were like, you know, like something like you see on like a TV commercial for like a a sports car, you know, like they're real windy and they're perfectly, the asphalt's perfect. Everything's smooth. I mean, it was crazy how nice this road was. And I was like, man, I don't remember ever being here before. And Brent, my husband said, well, it's because the last time we were here, these were dirt roads. So I'm like, ah, that makes sense. We were on a Jeep tour thing and we were on these dirt roads. Well, now they've paved this road. It's it's the same world, you know, the same surroundings, but the road, the way is totally different. Well, as we were driving, we started talking about, and this is what you do for those of you that are young. Um, when you get older, when you become an empty nester, all of a sudden you talk about things like history that you never cared about before. You talk about things like mail. You talk about things like the weather. Um, just... Things that just you, you only think about grandparents liking, right? No offense, grandparents, but we start talking about history. We start talking about the pioneers and the settlers that came in, and we th- we, were, we were having this discussion about this paved road. The settlers, the pioneers, right? Like they saw the same world that I'm seeing. I mean, it's changed a little bit, but like the giant aspen trees, you know, the the amazing tall, towering lodgepole pines. Like they saw it all, but. They didn't have the same way. They had the same world, but it was a different way. It's a really long road to a really small house, but here's what I got from that. As I was working through this section of Joshua, I was overwhelmed and I kept saying, God, I don't know what you want us to know. Like, what do you want us to pull from this? Like we could spend weeks on Joshua one. And it was like, God was reminding me about Cottonwood Pass that sometimes the same world we just get there a different way and i feel like that's what he's telling us with joshua that the world that joshua was facing is the same world that we face it's just now we take a different way to get there you know i may not be standing on the precipice of 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 canaan and looking down into leading troops and 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 god's people group into this scary circumstance but I am standing on the precipice of a new part of life. I am standing in a place of having to navigate things that um, maybe don't make sense and aren't real clear. So as you go through this and hear these words about Joshua, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the things that you're standing on the edge of, right? What does the world look like? It's probably the same. Challenges are the same. The way is just different, just a little. Well, it's funny, um, as I looked at this, we looked at the entire chapter of Joshua. I started writing down and and writing notes and everything. And then I realized real quickly, we we don't have time. Y'all don't have time to go through the whole thing. And so what we're going to do is is we're going to just look at a portion of chapter one um, the way chapter one kind of laid out for me, the way I outlined it out was this way: um, in chapter one, verses one through nine, it's God's charge. This is the words that He's going to commission, if you will, Joshua into his new role as a leader. Okay, verses one through nine is the charge, and and that's where we're going to spend our time. Um, the other sections of this chapter are Joshua takes command in verses ten through fifteen, and then we see how God's people respond to Joshua in verses 16 through 18. If you did your homework, you remember that. But where we're going to focus is God's charge. God's charge, verses 1 through 9. Listen, um, I love, this is what I love. I love a lot of things, but I love that, uh, that this charge God gives. Very serious, and it's intense, but it begins with a conversation. Don't you love that? Like the first words in this chapter are God's. And so what I thought I'd do before we start, I thought I'd just read it like one big thing. I'm going to read verses one through nine, and then we're going to stop and we're going to break it down a little bit and look at it and then see how that applies to us on our way through this world. Okay. So follow along with me if you have your Bible. I'm just going to read verses one through nine of chapter one of Joshua. Verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Verse three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I promised Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, To the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. In verse 9, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night. So you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way very prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9 Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Big words. It's God's charge to his new leader. The thing I love about this charge is, is um, God isn't rolling out some plans and plots on a table and being like, okay, now this is how we're going to do it. Here's the game plan. Instead, did you hear what God did? He gave him encouragement. He encouraged Joshua, didn't just give him specifics of a plan. You know, God spent many, many years preparing Joshua. Remember last session, we talked about how Joshua was a slave, a soldier, a spy, a servant, and then now a successor. But all of that was in preparation for this purpose. And so he didn't give him advice. He gave him encouragement. I saw that um, that God broke this out in, in four different ways. He gave encouragement to Joshua. And I want to share those with you. The first was this, that the encouragement God provided was encouragement through the actual commission. In verses one and two, um, the servant may change, right? Moses is obviously not the leader anymore, but the master remains the same. Moses is mentioned, this is interesting, in this entire book, Joshua, Moses is mentioned 57 times. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Joshua, and, and we talked about this last session, we believe that he's the author of this book. If not, it was somebody that had firsthand knowledge of everything. But knowing that Moses, the former leader, is referenced 57 times, that tells me that, um, that Joshua is gonna learn from the past, right? Like he's choosing that. It tells me that Joshua respected his predecessor. Well, the command, the commission, It's threefold, right? It's three parts. There's three main parts, and throughout the entire book of Joshua, you're going to see these three different parts playing out, okay? The first is this, with this charge, this commission. The first is that he's to lead the people into the land. Secondly, that he is to defeat the enemies that are already there. And thirdly, is that he is to claim the inheritance that God has spoken about for years and years, okay? Lead the people, defeat the enemies, claim the land, I love uh, that in the message, I mentioned this, I think, in your, in your lesson, in your workbook. The message said it like this, that Moses, my servant, is dead. Get going. This is God's charge to Joshua to get going. And so there's encouragement in that. God trusts him. He's encouraging him to get going. The, the second way I saw encouragement from God through this charge is this. In verses three through six, there's encouragement from God's promises encouragement from God's promises. You know, God didn't give the explanations, right? He didn't roll out the blueprint. He didn't give him the whole map. But he, he, he knew that he was going to accomplish these things. And here's why. Because he promised his power behind each of those, of those commands. When we trust God's promises and we step out in faith, then he'll give us what we need when we need it. We don't exactly have to know every step of the way. The promises in verses three through six, they're, they're cool, right? Because they, they, they reflect exactly those three, uh, the threefold commission that he just gave him. He said he's to lead the people. He's to defeat the enemies. He's to claim the inheritance. Well, here's the promises that go along with that. Every place you step will be yours because I give it to you. God's the one that gives it to him. He's not saying because Joshua, like you are like this super awesome, cool like warrior guy, like you're gonna you're gonna slay. No, he says you're gonna go in because of me. I love how God gets real specific. The second thing that He promises, based on um, the defeat of the enemies, you know, He says you're commanded to go defeat the enemies, but then God promises this because I will be with you. I will be with you. No man will stand in his way because of God, verse five. He knows who the opposition is. You know, I, I think that's kind of interesting too. Oftentimes, like we get into these fights in life, these battles, you know, I mentioned you're probably not Joshua. I mean, cool if you are, right? Like if you're leading like, a, you know, warriors and stuff, that's awesome. But but a lot of times we're not Joshua. Maybe we're just stepping into a new community, stepping into a new role, Stepping into a new diagnosis, I don't know, but whatever it is, a lot of times we don't know the details, but we can rest the, in the fact that God does. I love that um, in the midst of all of this, we have a God who in Genesis 15, if you go back to the left side of your Bible, he's reminded um, Abraham that you're going to have this promise, right? And in, Mo- in Exodus 3, he tells Moses the same thing. There's this promise there's this, this promise of this land that every place you step, you're gonna have. And so God knows what he's promised. He knows how it will be accomplished. All we need to know is that he's with us. You know, the cool part about this is um, this promise, this promise that I will be with you, you know, God, um, he's repetitive when we, when we need to hear him, doesn't he? He repeats himself over and over in those times that it's like, hey guys, you need to, you need to just be real quiet and listen. And this is one of those times he, he repeats this, I will be with you over and over to Jacob, Moses, and then to Joshua. And then moving forward in Judges, he's going to say it to Gideon. that He's going to say it to the Jewish exiles in Babylon. He's going to say it um, to David, to Solomon. And best of all, are you ready for this? We get the best example of how he says he's going to be with us. And that comes in Matthew the first chapter of Matthew, verse 23, we're introduced to this new baby, the son of God, who's come to the earth to save us. And Mary is given a name. It's Emmanuel. And it means God with us. God with us from the minute he's born for ministry on this earth. And then in Matthew 28:20, 20, at the end of his earthly life, Jesus leaves us with these words. He says, I will be with you until the end of the age. You see, these little promises that we're reading for Joshua, they're promises for you and me too. They're not little. They're huge. Well, the last promise um, that he he gives based on the commission, the three-part commission is this, is that I am a promise keeper and that you will claim the inheritance because of that. Like I mentioned, Abraham and Genesis, Moses earlier on in, in, in the Old Testament, they both knew the promise. And because God never, ever goes back on his word, Joshua can stand on that. And so he encourages them through the promises. Um, the third way that there's encouragement, that God gives specific encouragement to Joshua here is through God's written word in verses seven and eight, he refers to the book of the law. Did you see that? And and I don't know if you dug down into that, because sometimes when we see terms like that, we're like, what does that mean? The book of the law? Well, the book of the law, especially here, is is probably referencing the first five books of the Old Testament. Um, That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua was the sixth, so he's probably referencing this this portion of of the truth now here 's what you can know: these are written records from Moses that care, were cared for by the priests, so like these are written records. Do you remember Moses? If you know anything about about Moses, if you 've ever heard of him, even if you 've never studied the Bible, you know this. God spoke to him like like words, you know, like out loud, like person to person, burning bush to Moses. He talked to him. He spoke to him. He gave him words and gave him truth and gave him laws and gave him promises. And so Moses kept record of all of it. And and so all of these things are are contained in this record. Okay, so when he's speaking about um, finding encouragement from the book of the law, it's all these like promises, precepts, directions, songs, histories, everything God wanted his people to know. The cool part about that is we actually are at a place where we have more, right? Like we have the history of Jesus. We have the gospel, we have the letters. And so when you see encouragement from God for the written word, you just think about the fact that, gosh, not only did Joshua have these first five books, we have the whole thing. Do you find encouragement from it? Do you do you spend time there? Do you meditate on it? We saw a verse in, I think it was verse eight, where he says you're to meditate on the book of the law. Do you spend time with it? Do you develop a deep understanding and application of scripture? I don't know. I'll tell you what, um, the one thing I do know, if we're going to find encouragement from God's word, just like God was trying to tell Joshua, it's not enough to just carry it around or skim it or, you know, read it or glance over it. And for us in, in this day and age, I would say it's not enough for us to post it or repost it or cherry pick or take a look at it when we have time. One time I watched this really cool video by a pastor named Wayne Cadero. And one of the visuals that he gave about taking God's word in was this. And he was speaking to teachers and preachers and leaders in the church, but I think it's applicable to everybody, to all of us, is he was saying, if you are sharing Jesus and sharing the word of God with other people, but the way you're doing it is you're you're taking this and then you're throwing it at people, then you're missing the entire point that God has planned for us. You see, what he wants for us, why he wants us to share his word is he wants it to be part of who we are and then we share it with our lives. I love that idea. Like, I want to take God's word into me, into my heart, my mind, my soul, my everything. And then through that, I can share it. Do you meditate on it? Do you delight in it? When I say meditate, do you just spend time, you know? That's one of the encouragements that he was giving him. Well, the, the, the fourth and the final encouragement that, uh, that God gave Joshua was in verses 6, 7, and 9. And it was the encouragement from God's commandment. And, and you're going to know this. It's going to be real familiar to you, especially by the time we get finished. But you've already heard it several times. Is that three times God says to Joshua what? I know you're saying it right now. To be strong and courageous. When God alone fulfills promises, Joshua has a responsibility to be strong and courageous, to have strong faith, to be courageous in the face of scary things, right? Like We established last session that they're walking into, um, the, there's tall, big, giant, scary enemies, and, and the cities and the fortresses are tall and intimidating, but yet God, right? Over and over, he says, be strong and courageous. God rarely says to us, Hey, you know what? Sit back and take a nap. I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. You know, really, what he does is he says, no, you're going to do your part. You have a responsibility here. Uh, Warren Wiersbe, I was reading one of his commentaries. I like the way he puts things. He simplifies things. And he had this quote in, in, in regards to um, God telling Joshua to be strong and courageous, right? He says this, that God's promises are prods, not pillows, I mean, we can rest in God's word. We can rest in his promises, but he has something he's asking of us. And so in this case, it's to be strong and courageous because he knows what Joshua needs. Joshua is going to need to call on the strength and courage that God is telling him over and over. He's going to need it and God knows it, right? Before Joshua even knows what he needs, God knows. Didn't he do that in our lives too? F.B. Meyer said this, that the Christian finds safety not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Be strong and courageous. That commandment is on purpose. The promise is that God is not going to leave, but God wants Joshua to do his part. God knew the need before Joshua did. I love that. I love our God. I love he starts with a conversation and he gives encouragement, not necessarily a step-by-step plan, right? It takes some trust to rely on encouragement to step into enemy territory. Well, in closing, look, I I, I don't want to, I want to leave you with a couple of things. I was reading this thinking, remember I said, okay, same world, God, but new way. How do I take this same world that Joshua was facing and apply it to my way of life? Like, what is it in my way of life that, that I need to take? God, what do you want me to get from chapter one of Joshua? Well, are you looking for plots and plans when maybe what he's wanting to give you is encouragement? I, I know that often that's what I want. My prayers are real specific. Okay, God, I need you to tell me. I want this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. And then you're going to tell me how it's going to happen. And it's kind of like he's just going, no, sister, I'm going to give you encouragements through my promises, through my word, through my commands, what are you looking for? Uh, I, I thought of, um, of four different things, and then I'm going to close this out in prayer. The four things are this, that um, and I hope you write this down. If you've, got a pen, if, you've, if you've written nothing down, will you write this down? That he is commissioning you for a purpose. He's commissioning you for a purpose. The servant may change, but the master remains the same. Are you unsure of what God's commissioning you for? Well, welcome to the club, Right? Like, who, who, who does know half the time? But I'll tell you this, sometimes his answers are clear. Sometimes they're not so linear, right? Like, sometimes they're just not. I was reading a book recently, and I thought this was such a cool way to think about trying to approach, God, what are the purposes you have for my life? And, and it's by Emily P. Freeman, and the book is called The Next Right Thing. And in that book, she said something that really stuck with me. She said, instead of always looking for answers, we need to start looking for arrows, Look for what he's doing and join him. Look for decisions that you're supposed to make and ask yourself, is this, is this going to move me closer to my relationship with the Lord or is it going to take me a step farther? Or in those times where you just don't know, then just, just make a decision and then ask him, show me the arrow, show me the direction I need to go if this is incorrect. I love that idea. It takes the pressure off, right? Of like being, I need this grand answer because a lot of times God, his answer is trust me. He's commissioning you for a purpose. Even sometimes you have to just look for ans- um, arrows instead of answers. The second thing I would say we can learn from, from Joshua's way and apply it to our way is this. that His promises have your name on them. Do you hear me say that? His promises have your name on them. His word is full of promises to you and to me and Joshua too. Um, But do you live like you believe the promises? I know if I'm being honest looking in the mirror, sometimes I I maybe don't, you know, I may want to say I do, but sometimes I'm not living like I do. The best promise of all, God is with us. The best promise of all, Jesus says, I'm with you to the ends of the age. If there's nothing else today that you hold on to, will you hold on to that one? Third thing I would say we can learn from, from Joshua's way and apply it to ours is this, that his word is for you. His word is for you, for me. Where do you look for truth? You know, at your fingertips. Like, stop for a minute and think about it. This is not just a history book. This is not just a biography. This is not just a fiction book. This is the creator of the universe and his personal love letter to you. I think about Psalm one, verses two and three, and I think we looked at it actually in our homework. But those who delight in the law of the Lord, who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Is your life fruitful? Is is what you're spending time in helping you live a life that's drawing closer to the creator of the universe, or, or is it just not? I know we all go through, through mountaintops and valleys, right? But his word is for you. And the last thing I would say that we can pull and take into our way of life in this world is this, that his commands are for you. His commands are for you. Do you know the feeling of being overwhelmed in the face of a fearful, uncertain future? I do not know where you sit right now. I do not know what's happening in your world, what just happened in your world, what is going to happen, but God does. Just like he knew Joshua needed to be strong and courageous. He knows exactly what you need and exactly when you need it. Is it a new job, a no job? Are you, are you facing a divorce? Are you looking at a diagnosis? Did you just walk through a death? Are you homeschooling kids now? <laughs> you weren't planning on it? Are you being a caregiver? Are you walking through lawsuits? Do you deal with loneliness? How about, are you just uncertain, right? Raise your hand. Every single one of us, I think, can, can, can understand that. How about this? Am I doing this right? Where do I go from here? These are our precipices that we are standing on, looking down into what's next. And God knows exactly the commands we need, exactly when we need them. Remember in Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's yours too. That's yours too. When you face the impossible, who do you put your trust in? You or his promises. May we all be able to stand at the end of our earthly life, our end of our earthly time, and say this. Joshua's words at the end of this book, he says, And now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in, heart, in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you. I want to be able to stand up and say the same thing. The world is the same, guys. Sometimes our ways look a little different. When you read this book, understand that, that this is yours as much as it is Joshua's. God has something to tell us and he wants to encourage us. Let me pray and then we'll finish up. Um, Father, I love that, uh, man, I love, I love every word of this. Uh, it, it gets me fired up and encouraged and excited about what Joshua was about to take on, because I just feel like over and over, you're like this protective father that says, hey man, you can't see what I see, and I know what's coming, and so lean in. Lean in on me. God, you're saying the same thing to each of us. How do you want us to um, make our way in this world? Sometimes the the road is like a gravelly pass over the mountain. Sometimes it's paved and smooth, but every single time the world is the same and the enemy is out there to steal, kill, and destroy. And so God, will you show us the way? Show us the way to you. I thank you so much um, for this word, for this word that we have access to. God, may we all um, grow to meditate on it and to delight in it. And over the next several weeks, God, I pray that we learn more about who you are and what you have for us, what you want us to know. Thank you so much above all for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.